your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Coming up to 8.21 and shock would probably be the first word to describe the national sentiment, even those who voted to leave the European Union in Britain last week. Peter Bint is on the ground for us. Good morning to you. Good morning, Alex. Yes, indeed. I think uh, we can count both of ourselves as uh, two people to be incredibly shocked by the result as well. Well, you know, I was absolutely gripped by the drama, the tension. Uh, it was, whichever way you look at it, uh, remarkable the way in which England particularly and Wales, much of Wales, parts of Northern Ireland, together voted on this issue uh, in favour of the Brexit, which came narrowly in a 52% decision. Uh, the thing is, Peter, it's, it's continued, hasn't it, the debate? We haven't seen just plain acceptance by the Bremain side. If you look at social media, for example, people are trying to find ways in which somehow this referendum can be undone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we mentioned it when we spoke on, on Friday that this isn't legally binding, so it's not a formality that it has to go through. Um, as you said, lots of people who voted remain trying to find some loopholes here. Many MPs as well speaking out that maybe we shouldn't just accept the result and... Uh, and go for a second referendum or just plain outright go against the decision and stay in the EU. Um, but you're seeing on social media so much shock, even from people who voted leave, who have said that they regretted their decision, that they were just voting as a protest to the government. Um, and lots of uh, electoral service workers have reported calls from people asking if they could change their mind after yeah. Friday's results became clear. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, there's a petition as well. Yeah, the thing is, Peter, that perhaps leaving the EU will turn out to be a good thing for Britain, economically speaking, in the long term. We don't know yet. Mm -hmm. We do know there'll be some short-term pain. Whichever way, though we look at that economic question, it seems that at least some Leave voters may have made the right decision for the wrong reasons, at best. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and this is the issue here. Nobody knows what is going to happen down the line. Um, a big problem that has come out is a lot of the people who've headed up the Leave campaign, they, I think, themselves didn't expect to be in this position. Mm. They didn't have a clear manifesto. A lot of the big campaigns are turning out to be misleading at best or mm. downright a mistake at worst, like a £350 million budget per week for the NHS. Nigel Farage and Ian Duncan Smith of the Conservative Party have come out and said that's just not true and, and they're sorry for that mistake. But a lot of people feel completely cheated by that who voted leave and are now finding that, hey, this is not what we signed up for. Um, Boris Johnson has outlined what he wants to do with the country going forward, um, staking his claim for the prime minister position. Um, and he's saying that he wants to strengthen ties with a lot of the EU and countries. And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, we, we don't want the free movement to continue. But it, it looks very much the case that uh, free movement of people will have to go hand in hand with free trade mm. with the EU. Indeed. I mean, and, and uh, this idea that some right-wing groups have put forward that instantly we're going to see the repatriation 
of Europeans and, and, and suddenly the border's shutting. Um, even the most conservative of conservatives would not have that vision, would they? That's just not realistic. No, absolutely not. And uh, as, as David Cameron has said, he, he's going to stay on till October and renegotiations are not even going to begin to be thought about until a new PM is elected. Uh, and there's no way that you're going to be able to remove all the uh, Europeans that are already here. There's a big grey area as well. The Leave campaign did say that Europeans already in the UK, they, they'll be fine. But it, it remains to be seen how long they would have had to have been here to have that right to stay. Yeah. Nothing is clear at the moment. We do have, though, Peter, a fairly silent group of people who have voted Leave, who have not come out publicly. They're, they're not necessarily engaged on social media. And they're not either... Obviously, in terms of sheer numbers, we're not seeing millions of people calling for foreigners to leave Britain straight away. And, and one of the arguments that they seem to be putting forward is that this was the democratic decision for Britain, that Britain needs to have the right to make its own decisions. We weren't taking the EU very seriously, Peter. We, we were sending failed MPs to go and represent us as MEPs, us being Britain. And... And, and there have to be lessons from that going forward, politically speaking, that, that British politicians have to better engage with the people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think what would have come from this if it was a close vote to remain is, yeah, we would have taken our position and our role in the EU a lot more seriously. We were planning on taking a much more prominent role alongside France um, to head up things with Germany. Uh, that's been taken away, but now you're right, it, it was a democratic vote. We've got to do what the majority of people in this country um, are asking to do. And I, I'm sure that we're going to take this a lot more seriously. We're, we're being forced to, in a way, by this result. It, it's a shock for all MPs and mm. politicians, not what anyone was expecting. And, and the least that will come out of it is this, that we will take our negotiations and our position in Europe, because we're still part of Europe, just not the EU, is, is what's probably going to happen. Um, we'll take it a lot more seriously. And as for the opposition in Britain, the Labour Party, it has to do something to revive itself. We've seen question marks like this uh, around the world, including here in Korea, as to what uh, left-leaning parties do to engage with, with people. Obviously, the Minju Party of Korea did a a decent job in the last general election, but that was a surprise uh, as far as opinion polls were concerned, Peter, as I know you're aware. Uh, the thing is, the Labour Party, once upon a time, stood firmly against the EU, or at least large elements of it did. And many of the workers around the country maintained that view, obviously, while politicians today don't. What, what can the Labour Party now do? Well, today was a massive day for them, a, a, a string of controversy and turmoil with uh, Jeremy Corbyn's leadership called into a big question mark here. Um, Eleven members of the shadow cabinet have resigned in protest of his sacking of Hillary Benn after he told Mr. Corbyn that he'd lost confidence in him. Uh, they're saying Mr. Corbyn, who was elected on that landslide victory uh, last year mm. and by many members of the public and Labour members, just wasn't a, a leader of the party, a very decent bloke with very good principles, but he's very Eurosceptic as well. Um, as you say, many members of the Labour Party are too, but he's been accused by some of his party of being very half-hearted in yep. his Remain campaign, which, which is definitely true, I think, because 
like you said, he, he, he's an anti, anti-Euro uh, stance. He's got that stance, but it may be more representative of many Labour members who will have to come out and now say yes. what they want from a leader. Peter, we've got to leave it there. Absolute pleasure having you on the line. We'll continue this discussion and welcome further messages on it after this break. <laughs> 